Senior Bowl is always fun because you get a chance to see these players up close and personal. Not, not just watching them play football, but actually getting a chance to interview them, getting a feel for their, their character, their personality, and also getting, you know, an up-close uh, instance to eyeball these players to see exactly how they stack up measurement-wise. And, uh, you know, that's always important as well. I, I remember sometimes you come to these these events and you have, you have a player that's measured at 6'4", then it ends up being 6'1", right? And, yeah. And sometimes the, the colleges they they fib and fudge a little bit on their their um, their measurements. Then they get the official NFL measurements here, and then it's always fun to see players grow or shrink by a quarter of an inch as they go to the combine too. Yeah, right? and uh, <laughs> first thing that reminds me of is last year one of the biggest storylines was Kenny Pickett and his hands. Right, or his hands not big. That's enough. right. And I, I, for those that you know maybe only follow the box and aren't as in tune with the draft. Um, the Senior Bowl has produced some of the best players in the NFL. I mean, yeah. Jalen Hurts was in this a couple of seasons ago, That's and right. now he's you know now he's going to the Super Bowl. So Justin yeah. Herbert as well. So there's a lot of great talents that come through the Senior Bowl, and you know we want to make sure that you guys hear about them first on PeterReport.com before um, <laughs> before you hear it anywhere else because a lot some of these players will be future Tampa Bay Buccaneers and future players in the NFL. So it's a very exciting week for sure, uh, to seeing all the prospects. Yeah, it is. And, and the other thing, too, that makes this week in- interesting is they could be looking at a new offensive coordinator higher this week. Sometimes the Senior Bowl is used as a job fair, and you might see some of, of these candidates that they're interviewing this week, Todd Munkin from Georgia and uh, also Shea Tierney, the New York Giants uh, head coach. They might be here in Mobile, although I asked Todd um, a couple of days ago if he was planning on being in Mobile, he said he was, and of course, the Buccaneers can can conduct these interviews virtually because of technology like Zoom and Streamyard and all these things. Like we're talking to you guys here from Mobile on this. So that's Shea Tierney, Giants quarterbacks coach, and he is one of the the guys that's on deck next. And of course, Todd Munkin, another one of those those guys, former Bucks offensive coordinator and wide receivers coach under Dirk Cutter. Then he went to Georgia and became the offensive coordinator there, won back-to-back national titles. So those are the two newest names to interview. What we did here, though, was that uh, Dan Pitcher was a very good interview. This is the Bengals quarterbacks coach. And ironically enough, after he interviewed with the Buccaneers and got some interest from the Ravens, Matt, the Bengals gave him a pay raise and an extension. So they're (laughs) trying to keep him. The problem is – is with their, their quarterback, uh, Joe Burrow, playing so well, they want to keep him intact. But then also, too, the fact that you've got uh, this Bengals offense is is clicking. It's, this guy's highly sought after. And I don't think that, that Cincinnati wants to lose him. That's pretty obvious with the contract extension. But he's obviously getting a lot of play. And, um, you know, yeah, he, it, he's, he's an interesting name to keep in mind. It, it reminds me a little bit, uh, if you recall, after the Bucs won the Super Bowl, they gave Todd Bowles the biggest contract among defensive coordinators. Right. So, uh, you know, they obviously want to reward him there. The Bengals, although they lost in uh, in tough, traumatic fashion yeah. in, the, in, the, in the AFC Championship game yesterday, they are still obviously a team that is going to be a, a powerhouse for seasons moving forward because of Joe Burrow. But it's interesting with Pitcher, um, his – 
his background, he went to SUNY Cortland, which is not known as a powerhouse right. for college football. I actually know where that is. It's in upstate New York. I applied to go to school there, but many other people would actually know where SUNY Cortland is. And then he um, got his startup with the Colts, if I'm not mistaken, before uh, going to the Bengals. So I think it's, you know, and we talked a lot about this, Scott, where, you know, we're going to hear the big names like Todd Munkin, as you just talked about before, but then we're going to hear a lot of names of, not household players, not not guys that you, you talk about on ESPN every single week. And I think pitcher kind of falls into that category. But I like the fact that whether um, it's pitcher, whether it's, it's it's Tierney, they're looking at different options, not just, oh, this guy has offensive coordinator play calling experience. Like right. they're actually going with someone that works with specific talent that has made talent a lot better, especially in Tierney situation with elevating the game of Josh Allen when he was a quarterback's coach with the Bills, and then obviously getting the best out of Daniel Jones when that was a huge, huge question mark going into this season. And obviously going with Brian Dayball uh, turned things around for Daniel Jones. The Giants have their own decision to make this right. offseason. But, uh, you know, we'll see if any of them end up going to the Bucks. Yeah, and the other thing, too, with Todd Munkin is you talk about – developing players i mean stetson bennett was a former walk-on backup mm -hmm. player and he ends up beating out a guy in jt daniels who ended up transferring away from georgia and yeah at, at 5 11 190 pounds stetson bennett became a heisman contender this year yeah. and back-to-back -back national champion so it's just kind of crazy uh you know how how uh how munkin was able to really develop not just a a talented college quarterback, but really to make a walk on a very talented uh, college quarterback as well. We got a super chat here from uh, Bucks Basement. Appreciate that. When you go on JP's show next, ask him about the source that told him over the weekend that Tom Brady's definitely coming back to the Bucks if he plays. I will, I will try to get that information from you. Uh, we've always kind of maintained that that Tom Brady. There, there's a pretty decent chance that he does return to Tampa. And if we, if we had a story over the weekend, Adam Schefter had the story first. Yeah. But the Dolphins are out of the running right now. Right. And that was, uh, I think, maybe one of those teams that were very, uh, with the close proximity to his children now living in Miami, that was maybe a team that Tampa Bay had to be concerned about. But they're they're going all in on Tua Tagliavoa, which is kind of crazy because of the concussions he had this year, Matt. Absolutely. If I'm the Dolphins, I'm not putting all of my faith into it, mainly because of the injury history and situation that he's involved with in right now. But he also had, you know, one good season outside of that. You know, the jury's really been out for yeah. Tua. So if the Dolphins believe they're in a win now mode and obviously they are with, you know, trading for Tyreek Hill and, right. uh, you know, they bring in the new coach uh, McDaniels with, with the innovative offense. Why not go after Tom Brady? I mean, this is a, great thing for the box because yeah. if Brady did want to keep playing and want to move somewhere else sure you can you know you can connect to all of the dots about why he would go to Miami but uh if Miami doesn't want him that's a huge huge win for the I mean we're talking yeah. about last year it was okay he's going to be a partial owner right that's <laughs> of right Miami Dolphins, and now yeah. it's like hey we want nothing to do with you. Maybe it was anymore. the tampering. Maybe that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Left the sour take. Yeah. Maybe it last, lasted, uh, you know, uh, a little bit of a flirtation. Then all of a sudden they lost the, the first round draft pick. The owner got suspended. Yeah. They got fined. So maybe that uh, Tom Brady soured on them. But Kellen Moore uh, was was a, a, a name on maybe the Bucks right off for a second. But 
seemed like right from the get-go he was going to go to the Los Angeles Chargers, and he did. And interesting because they parted ways, I think, mutually, but you could kind of tell that Mike McCarthy wanted to go a different direction, you know, his own direction, calling the offense. And uh, I tell you what, Mike McCarthy, if Sean Payton doesn't land anywhere this year, and it's really interesting because Sean Payton is a very sought-after guy, right, for his offensive prowess and head coaching success, but – Rumor has it he's pricing himself out of teams' consideration because, again, these are these are reported rumors, so we don't have any of this information firsthand. But you think about it, $25 million a year for a head coach who also wants to be the general manager. He wants to be able to, to, to buy the groceries and also cook. Sure, it. Jerry Jones won't have any issue with that. He's a guy that's totally fine with wielding out control. Yeah, and, and then the – Saints, I believe, are looking for at least a first-round draft pick. Mm-hmm. The, the, two first-round picks, maybe. So that is a tough pill to swallow. It might just be a, a case where the Saints and Sean Payton are pricing them out of the market for some of these jobs. And really, there's not many attractive jobs no. left, right? you got Denver, Houston, if D'amico De, De, Ryan doesn't go there. Right. Cardinals. I mean, you're talking yeah, about some a, dumpster there's fires not, right There's now. not a appealing situations right now for Sean Payton. That's yeah. why I'm so curious about it, too, because he could just decide to go back to, to broadcasting. I don't know if he totally loved it because, again, to bring this back to the box, you know, Bruce Arians in between going uh, back to or going to Tampa Bay. Right. He did some broadcasting. He didn't he didn't really love it the way that right. he loves coaching. But I, I do find it interesting as well. You talk about Sean Payton, Mike McCarthy. They both have the same amount of Super Bowl wins. That's right. Why is Sean Payton viewed <laughs> as like such a – and I do think he is a great coach, and obviously the, the Saints have a lot of winning yeah. despite only one Super Bowl. But they have the same amount of Super Bowls, and sure, Mike McCarthy had Aaron Rodgers, and yeah. now he's working with the Cowboys team that's pretty talented. But he's so looked down upon <laughs> compared to Sean Payton. I, know. I guess it's kind of like, oh, you know, you want – what you don't have or you know, something along those lines. Cause I, I, I get it. I get the appeal of Sean Payton, but I don't think McCarthy is like the worst coach of all time. What if he takes him to the NFC championship game yeah. next year? Is it, then is it a Gruden situation? It's like, Oh, well you didn't get him to the super bowl or you didn't win the super it bowl. It is for the Cowboys fans, Matt, because it's been so long. The Buccaneers have won two super bowls. Yeah. Since the time the Cowboys were last in a super bowl. So I was in college the last time the Bucks were, I should say the Cowboys run a Super Bowl, so it's crazy. <laughs> so uh, we, we appreciate the questions coming in and the super chat as well. Uh, if we here's one from Teddy here. If we don't get Monk and Kubiak intrigues me, definitely wants play calling experience and who has shown the ability to get creative regardless of the circumstances. That was interesting. I've, I've heard uh, you know some positive feedback from the Clint Kubiak uh, interview. That was the first one that happened, and the thing with Kubiak is you know he's the son of Gary Kubiak, former uh, Broncos and Texans head coach, mm-hmm. really kind of in that Kyle Shanahan frame of mind in terms of, of what they they like to run. A lot of uh, zone runs, uh, quarterback bootlegs, play action, this direction. Yeah, creativity. Nothing wrong with creativity. And um, so, but the Kellen Moore um, premise – a lot of Buccaneer fans were not on board with that. I, I've, I've heard a lot of Buck fans on social media did not want him. Some did, so it was kind of split. Mm-hmm. But Kubiak, I, th- I think Kubiak and Pitcher, 
out of the guys that are maybe more of the relatively unknown uh, faces probably uh, intrigue me the most. What do you think, Matt? Obviously, Munkin has the experience, right, because he's done it in college and, and the NFL. But what are your thoughts on, on Kubiak? Yeah, I, I think with Kubiak and more specifically Pitcher and, and Tierney, I, I like the fact that the Bucks are not just looking at all options, but planning for – Tom Brady's not going to be here forever, might not even be back in 2023. So I like the idea of, and we talked about this, threading the needle where you want a guy that's attractive enough to bring Tom Brady back for another NFL season, and specifically in Tampa Bay, they can also work with a, a new quarterback in the future. And like we said, getting the best out of Daniel Jones, taking uh, Josh Allen to the next level, those are important stepping stones for, for these coaches. So I just like that. It's very creative. It's going in a new direction. Uh, Kubiak, I understand Bucks fans' frustrations about, well, he was coaching in Denver. You know, things did not work out there. But there's a lot more to the story. The key, though, is that there's creativity. And I think if the Bucks build the right way through the draft this year and whatever they decide to do in free agency with adding more speed, You'll get a you'll get the outcome that you were looking for. That's right for the box this season. You know, um, I, I just think going with Kellen Moore. There were complaints about him that he ran into the same issues that Byron Leftwich ran into, yeah. which was you know you relied too much on talent that you know you couldn't adapt, you couldn't appeal. Too many first down runs. Yeah, too many <laughs> runs on first down. So I don't think you want anyone that's even remotely affiliated in the same conversation as Byron Leftwich. So I'm all for Kubiak. If he can bring in his style of offense and not trying to run, like obviously he'll listen to it. Falls of, yeah. Hey, we want to run it in certain situations, but let him come in, let the offensive coordinator do what he wants to do. You know, don't, don't, don't re change the wheel or whatever it is. And yeah. I think that's and, what happened to Kubiak. And I think bit. with Todd Bowles is he wants nothing to do with the offense. He's just like John Gruden when he was here. Monty Kiffin, you run the defense, man. I'm over here with the offense. And, and I think that's what Todd Bowles wants. And, and so when, when he would say in the press conferences, yeah, we, we need to fix it. We need to tweak some things. We need to coach it better. It was, hey, offensive coaches, you're getting paid a lot of money. You figure it out. That's your job. I'm, not, you know, I'm a defensive coach. I can tell you what's not working, but I can't tell you how to fix it. Right. Mm-hmm. That, that's kind of how defensive uh, coaches see offense. Uh, so uh, here it is. We're in Mobile, Alabama, 6.15. You know what that means, Matt? Gosh, in five minutes. Sorry, it's 6.15 Central Time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is it is uh, uh, 7.15 yeah, Eastern. Eastern Time. So if we say 6.15, don't freak out like you're in a time warp. Uh, we're just in Central Time, which we're not used to. But the great thing is it's Monday, Matt. And what does Monday mean when we're on the Peter Report podcast? It's roll call, baby. That's right. So Sweet. in five minutes... At 7.20, because we do it at 4.20, but we're we're prime time now. So yeah. 7.20 in five minutes, I'm going to start talking about some of the edge rushers in this Senior Bowl class here that I like. There's a lot of really good names. And while I do that, Matt is going to put up uh, the names of you guys and where you're from. So at, at 7.20, we're going to do roll call. So hang on tight for that. And um, we're... We're excited to, tonight to get some some mobile barbecue. The practices will start tomorrow, and we'll have some player interviews uh, probably after practice, but then mostly on Wednesday morning. 
is when we get a chance to, to have the media days, media breakfast. Mm-hmm. And so we'll have the opportunity to really talk to some of these players and find out if they've interviewed with the Buccaneers too. And of course the Buccaneers will interview pretty much most of these yeah. guys, but uh, we, we believe Jason Light, uh, he usually comes to these things. I would imagine Jason Light and Todd Bowles are here and we'll try to find out if, if any of the players have had a chance to talk with the, the general manager and the head coach, because that carries a little bit more weight that shows a little bit more interest in some of these these draft prospects. So uh, that's about the latest from the the coaching standpoint. Uh, so there's going to be a new offensive coordinator. The hire might come down this week, or they still might continue to do some interviews later into the week. Uh, if the Bucks brass, meaning Jason Light and Todd Bowles, are here in Mobile, they can either meet with these coaches individually if they're here, or they can do it via Zoom uh, to find that new offensive coordinator. Matt, there's a new, speaking of new, there's a new Celsius flavor. Yes, there is, and yeah. I'm having it right now. It is the fantasy vibe. Yes. I've already had a couple of sips. Right there, live Celsius. I'll do one live for everybody on the show. It is fantastic. I'm a huge fan of it. Um, we love Celsius because they have a variety of different flavors, but seven essential vitamins. You also see the sparkling lime. That's a lemon lime. Yep. That's a new one as well. The fantasy vibe, great tasting, sparkling mandarin marshmallow. So a unique flavor that you really can't get with, you know, really any other brand. So it's seven essential vitamins, zero sugar or preservatives. It uh, It's the healthy version of an energy drink that gets you through your day so make sure you check out the newest flavors of celsius energy drinks hashtag celsius lift fit hashtag celsius energy also appreciate all of our fans uh in recent days and you guys do it all the time too yeah. but uh sending us pictures of when you're when you're having a celsius or you know when you're when you're ordering it and and things like that we love seeing it on our social yeah. media we really appreciate that so just want to show some love as yeah. well so also we got a question here from uh uh, eight or 17. Uh, what about the defensive coordinator? Well, uh, from what I understand, Todd Bowles is going to call the plays again this year, or he's going to pick one of the two co-defensive coordinators, either Casey Rogers, who called the plays for Bowles back in the Jets. Yeah. And didn't have a fantastic record up it, there, right? Nothing, with, nothing was spectacular. People remember like the Rex Ryan Jets. They don't yeah. really defense. I mean, they, they don't really recall the the Todd Bowles type of defense. Yep. Uh, so either, either Todd will will call the plays himself. He will turn the play calling duties over to Casey Rogers, give him another shot at it, or he will uh, turn the the reins over to Larry Foot, who handled the back end, the linebackers, and the secondary and the coverage units as opposed to Casey Rogers, who handled the linebackers and the the defensive line slash outside linebackers. So basically pass rush coach was Casey Rogers, pass coverage coach was Larry Foote. One of those two guys will be the defensive coordinator or Bulls will call it off. He's not going to hire somebody from the outside to come in. Christopher Oxentine here from Overland Park, Kansas, my old stopping ground says, order the Celsius from the vitamin shop this week. Why? Well, he tells you. It, if you get it at the vitamin shop, apparently they have a sale. Buy one, 12-pack, get the second pack half off. So that's a hell of a deal there. So we are just about ready to start the festivities here. And we're going to be talking some Senior Bowl preview. So we're going to throw this up. And Matt is going to put all of your names on there. But uh, we're going to be talking about the outside linebackers and edge rushers. So, so the guy on the screen right there, actually, let's, let's do the roll call. Let's do it officially, Matt. I'm, yes. I, I jumped the gun here. 
No, so, that's okay. I mean, we're, we're all excited. excited to be in Mobile. You, you know, I like pass rushers, Matt. So <laughs> there go. Absolutely. It's roll call, baby. Tell us where you're at, Peter people. We have awesome fans all over the globe that watch from, you know, United States to everywhere else in between. So um, as Scott starts talking, we will uh, start putting on the, the screen where you're watching from. We are doing the show live from Mobile, Alabama. We're not even we're not even where we usually do the show from. So yep. uh, start putting your location in on the comments, and I will throw them up on the screen. All right, so there's Isaiah Foskey from Notre Dame. That's one of the headliners here. He's a player that maybe has a chance at the first round, uh, kind of where the Bucks are picking around 19. And uh, he's a player that had double-digit sacks the last two years, 10 sacks in 2021 i think he forced six fumbles that year and then 10 and a half sacks last year so uh, this is a player that is a proven guy in terms of production he also has the ability to uh, bull rush speed rush uh, he is one of of a lot of edge rushers that i really like in this year's uh senior bowl class uh, you've got um Andre Carter, the second from uh, Army. That's a player that Josh Capo has profiled over the weekend on pewterreport.com. A little bit of a project. He had over 14 sacks his junior year. The senior year, Army faced teams that were ready for him, and they really put a, a lot of double teams his way, tight ends, backs, etc. But he's got the length, if you know Tampa Bay, they like length. That's why they got a player like JTS who's 6'5. They've got Anthony Nelson who's 6'7. Carl Nassib's also 6'7. So they like those bigger, longer edge rushers. They also do like some of the smaller, undersized, quick guys, too. You look at, at players like Cam Gill, who fits that mold, certainly Shaq Barrett, 6'2, 250. So it's not like the Buccaneers are looking for one particular carbon copy of, of, a, of a pass rusher, but uh, th that's. You know, that's kind of what what you're you're looking at there um, from Tampa Bay's perspective. Some of the defensive linemen that that we've profiled that, that I happen to like. Um, Auburn's got an interesting kid, Derek Hall, the edge rusher there. Uh, Georgia Tech's uh, edge rusher, Keon White. Um, I don't know that he's exactly a fit. He's more of like a power rusher. Central Michigan edge rusher Thomas Incombe is an interesting player because he had 11 and a half sacks last year, but that was in the MAC. How is he going to fare against bigger, better competition? Missouri's edge player Isaiah McGuire, 6'4, 266. He's a player that got better every year and is probably a, a middle round pick. He had 14 tackles for loss, eight and a half sacks last year, a nice mix of power and speed there. Um, the Iowa State kid, Will McDonald, is interesting because he's 6'4", 245. Reminds me an awful lot of Felix Anodike Uzama from Kansas State. Both of those players played in a 3-4 scheme in college, but they really weren't edge rushers. They weren't the outside linebackers. They were actually kind of that three-person down-line defensive end that actually lined up a lot over the offensive tackle kind of in the trenches. But at 6'4", 245, a player like Will McDonald is going to strictly be an outside edge rusher, and that's going to actually make him a better fit. But he banged in there, and he and, and, and Felix Enrique Ozama showed the toughness to kind of battle in the trenches. 
the thing with McDonald is he's just about 25 years old. He played at Iowa State for five years, but he had 40 and a half tackles for loss, 34 sacks, and an astonishing 10 forced fumbles. We talked about Derek Hall from Auburn. Um, I, I think he's definitely one to watch. And then a couple of defensive linemen, Oklahoma State defensive tackle Tyler Lacey. I watched a lot of him in the Big 12. This is kind of a uh, twitchy, uh, quick guy, 6'4", 295. He has pretty good size and didn't have a whole bunch of sack production, 11 and a half sacks in his career, had three last year, but he did have 30 tackles for loss for the Cowboys. So he's an interesting player. Bowling Green has a defensive end, Carl Brooks, 6'4", 280 who probably is better off inside moving into tackle and gaining about 10 more pounds. I don't know that he's got the suddenness and the twitchiness to play outside linebacker. He might be a power defensive end like Cameron Jordan in a 4-3 scheme like, like New Orleans. That might be a decent fit for him. But he had 10 sacks last year, 27 and a half sacks <clears throat> playing in the MAC. He's going to, like Thomas Incombe, he'll get a chance to, to show what he can do against bigger competition, uh, but he's probably going to have to move inside. Uh, those are a couple players that, that I, I like, and all these players I'm talking about, I did an article on pewterreport.com. We'll drop it in the chat here, but um, there's a lot of defensive players. We kind of focused on defense. Matter of fact, Matt, yeah. we just kind of did like a little informal poll here. Our whole Pewter Report staff focused on defense. We don't, we don't know crap about the offensive players here, really. Maybe Sly does. I think Sly does a little bit. Yeah, we'll have Sly on in a little bit on this show so yeah. he can break down some of the players on offense. But the reason why we're talking a, a lot about the defense right now is the Bucks have uh, the Bucks have holes everywhere on the roster, but specifically, you know, some of the most important positions. And we've mentioned this before, so we're not exactly breaking news here. But you know, outside linebacker is a huge, huge question mark yeah. going into next season because Shaq Barrett's coming off that Achilles injury and Joe Tryanchenka. There are very, very mixed opinions on him. Some think he's on, you know, he's right on pace. Others want to see him contribute more. But because Anthony Nelson might not be back next season, because Carl Nassib might not be back, uh, the, the Bucs obviously have to address that. Inside linebacker, it's tough because, Scott, you said that, you know, it's not the best inside linebacker class this year in the NFL draft. But if Levante David decides, I'm out, peace, it's been a great career, the Bucs are – essentially screwed at inside linebacker. Yeah. You're going to have Devin White and really nobody else. And then if that wasn't bad enough, then you're talking about corner as well. Carlton Davis signed the big contract last year. You know you have him, but outside of that, you got Zion McCollum is essentially your your second cornerback on this team unless they want to bring back D Delaney again. But really, the big two questions are Jamel Dean and Sean Murphy Bunting. So will one of those guys return? Okay, well then – Looking at a corner in this year's Senior Bowl, maybe wasn't as important on by, you know at by the end of free agency as right. it is right now. But the Bucks have to exhaust every single option. That's why we're going to see who Knight is talking to, who assistant coaches are talking to. Because if if Jason Light's talking to you, maybe there's a little bit more importance and emphasis on that player than uh, you know if one of the assistant yeah. coaches are. There are a lot of eggs in different baskets this year. In years past. We could definitively say, all right, the Bucs are going to be looking at these three positions. Right. This year, there's not even three positions on defense that they're going to be looking at. There's literally – They're going to be like, looking at all of them. The options really. are endless. Yeah. 
Well, like, for example, you look at, at the, the defensive line, Matt, and you've got Lowell and you've got Vita Vea as, as return starters there. Right. But then everybody else is is, is gone, right? Mm-hmm. Will Golston, Akeem Hicks. Nacho. Nacho. Pat O'Connor, Deidrin Sanat. They have five defensive linemen that are free agents. Now, a couple of those guys might be back for sure, but they're, you know, they, they could be spending a, a middle round pick on a defensive tackle this year, yeah. right? A defensive lineman. An edge rusher, we talked about that. Anthony Nelson, Carl Nassib, Jannard Avery, all three of those guys are out. So Todd Bowles is going to want, you know, to get some, some defensive players in this draft. Um, and, you know, the cornerback position, Jamel Dean, Sean Murphy Bunting, the safety position. They only have two safeties in the roster right That's now. That's also true. Antoine Winfield and, and Nolan Turner. You've got Keanu Neal, Logan Ryan, and Mike Edwards. All three of those starters at some point in time this season. And you think about it. That's three, right? You have Levante David, who's a starting linebacker. Mm-hmm. You've got Will Golston, who started the games. You've got uh, Akeem Hicks, who started games. Rakeem Nunez Rochez started some games when Hicks was out. Sean Murphy Bunting started some games when Jamel Dean was out. And then you have Jamel Dean. That is, you know, that that's nine players that started at least one game for the Buccaneers on defense that are not under contract this year. Oh, Anthony Nelson. Sorry. Ten. <laughs> ten. That's, one for every finger. Yes. That, that's ten players right there that started at least one game, if not a couple, for the Buccaneers this year. So there is a lot to be done in free agency first, and then when it comes to the draft. So there's that's why we've spent a lot of time looking at defense, not just because I like defense. I do. And but. Scott, just one more thing: the other like cog in the machine is the fact that the Bucks financially are like pretty strapped going into this free agency. Because right. Bucks fans could be asking right now, okay, well, all right, Anthony Nelson doesn't come back. Why not go get like this year's version of Justin Houston or you know whoever it is? And that's not exactly going to be the case like the bucks have to choose wisely who they were going to bring in and right. as you wrote about in the fab five and have said it recently they're going to go with you know the prove it deals the one-year deals with, with, with veteran players because yeah. they can't make the splashy superstar signing and right. uh you know not every year you're going to hit a home run with finding Shaq barrett the right. the third string edge rusher uh, on another team and he you know, breaks your franchise single season sack record. That's just, that's not going to happen yep. every single year. So the Bucs have to be creative and smart when it comes to not just finding their offensive coordinator, right. but how they will address free agency because there there's not going to be the star signing that yeah. I think Bucks fans are hoping for. So the thing is, is, is in, why in the world did I pick an offensive player in the first round for our mock draft? And it's, that's Boston College's safe <laughs> flowers. Uh, well, I've, I've got a good answer. But we're back. New Is place, that... figuring out <laughs> figuring out the logistics. Of yeah, everything. can you hear us now? Can you hear us now? Okay, so uh, we're back. So you might be wondering, okay, well, if the Buccaneers have these needs on the defensive side of the ball with all of these, these players, then why did we pick Boston College wide receiver Zay Flowers with the first-round pick of this year's draft? For a couple reasons. Number one, 
This is not a terribly deep draft when it comes to wide receivers, especially playmakers, guys like this that could be a real separator. You know, as much as they missed Matt, as much as they missed Ali Marpet, their Pro Bowl left guard, future Hall of Fame tight end, and Rob Gronkowski, Pro Bowl center Ryan Jackson this year. They, they really they missed Angelique. Really his ability to separate, separate, separate stress the field vertically. Scotty Miller, Scotty Miller was not the guy. that the guy. He's a speed guy to really draw. Really draw. Um, favorite matchups and windows. Angelique Brown was the guy. They really missed. They really missed to to win those one on ones. Separate. Separate. Make some things happen. There's a lot of AB. A lot of Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett. Zay Flowers. Zay Flowers. So you look at the offense. Averaging just eighteen points per game. Per game, Matt, they have a lot of needs. They have a lot of needs. Need 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 personnel standpoints was not even was not this game. This was the offense. That was the offense. That's why we went. That's why we went in a very heavy, very heavy modern drafts players, players, players. But first round pick, we, we went with Zay Flowers. Right and right and all the holes that we talked about with the Bucks, you know, on defense, on defense, the defense, the defense at least for Tampa Bay in most of the games this season, you know, and it was because the offense wasn't able to get things going until late in the game. That's what essentially killed them for majority of the season. So. So we'll see how how the we're trying to fix some audio problems here. See we're we're doing that. It is a road game for us here. We're we're trying to get through some technical difficulties. Does this sound better now? All right, we do have a super chat here. Let's get to this. Refresh my memory. When is the last time the Bucks have had a mid-round draft pick or undrafted free agent really break out? Jason has to find some gems. If Bulls gets run in 24, 2024, so does Light. What do you think, Matt? Well, I mean, Jordan Whitehead was a – I mean, I don't want to say he was like a home run pick, but he obviously was able to get the, the second big contract with another team, of course, but, you know – uh, Jordan Whitehead was what a, a fourth round pick. I, I would say anything, anything from the fourth round on is, is considered. You know, if you get a starter in those rounds, like that's a pretty much a job well done uh, in terms of that. So Jordan Whitehead's one of the first ones that comes out to mind. Um, obviously, the, the production from Scotty Miller has gone off, but you know. He was a six round pick at the NBC championship game touchdown. So, uh, you know, that, that was a good element there for him. But, I mean, you look around the league, it's not a lot of teams that are, you know, getting the, getting the, the you know, the six round, seven six round, five, six round, five, and a start. There's always like, there's always a different word for, you know, the Tom Brady's, the Tom Brady's, the 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 the there have been plenty of solid players. There have been some players that have, like, you look at this year, with Kate Otten, with Jacob Morris, probably the best player. There's a punter that's not saying a whole bunch. Rashad White, Mr. 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 Rashad White, Mr.
But I think what the Bucks need to do is find another Tristan Wirfs. They need to find another Antoine Winfield. They need mm. Jason's got to get his first and second round draft picks to be home runs this year, not just starters, but potential Pro Bowl players. In my opinion, that's what what the Bucks have to do. I think last year's draft was a bunch of singles and maybe a double or yeah. two. He needs to hit some home runs because right now, if you go back and look, Joe Tryon, Shalinka, Robert Hainsey, uh, you know, Kyle Trask, the last couple of years, the draft has not been terribly great. No, it, uh, it, you pretty much said it perfectly. Just a couple of good picks here and there, but need to be more consistent like Jason Light was uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, one thing that's always consistent, of course, is age rejuvenation. Let's hear a message from there. As we age, our hormones decrease, both for men and women. I was tired all the time, had no sex drive. I was groggy. I felt like I was 80 years old because everything hurt. I came to age rejuvenation because I was tired all the time. Bioidentical hormones has really such an impact in such an impact. I actually enjoy shopping. I actually enjoy shopping. Energy back. Mind is sharp. Mind is sharp. It was perfect for me. It was perfect. We need rejuvenation. We need now. Age rejuvenation today. Age rejuvenation today. Age rejuvenation, folks. I've been using age rejuvenation since August, and I feel great. Hopefully, the audio is better. I think we, we solved the audio issue. Give us some feedback about that. But um, I'm going to give you some feedback about age rejuvenation. John Gilmore, former Buccaneer player. Yeah, that's a recent picture. John looks like he could play today and uh, looks great, feels great, and and I feel the same way. I, I've got more energy. I'm not crashing late in the afternoon and needing a second Celsius. Um I sleep better at night because of the testosterone therapy. They got a special right now, $500 off your first testosterone therapy treatment. If you just mentioned Pewter Report, go to agerejuvenation.com. Click on, uh, there's a place for you to do a free, no risk, no obligation consultation. And they've got five Tampa Bay area locations to serve you. So age rejuvenation, get your testosterone checked out. Maybe you need testosterone therapy. If you do, that's the place to get it done, just like I did. Age rejuvenation, uh, helping you feel great here in 2023. You know, one of the things I'm really interested going into this year's draft class, and, you know, specifically for the Senior Bowl, is because there's so much uncertainty with Tom Brady, obviously the Bucs want Tom Brady back. Yeah. It's like, how invested are the Bucs? And knowing that they have a, a later pick in the first round, how invested are they going to be in these quarterbacks in the senior bowl, the quarterbacks that are, uh, you know, supposed to be some of the, the higher prospects early on in this draft, do the Bucs trade up, which they don't typically do. They like to trade back all the time. Logan Hall is a, is a perfect example of that. Um, how aggressive are they with looking at quarterback, you know, this week and, and through the whole draft process? Because, I mean, it will be very telling how they feel about Kyle Trask right. in that type of situation, but it, it's obviously something that needs to be addressed sooner rather than later. Yeah, I don't know how you can you can really uh, look at anything Kyle Trask has done from the preseason or from that brief appearance in, in Atlanta in Week 18, Matt, and, and, and say to yourself, we've seen enough to where we think Kyle Trask could contend for the starting mm -hmm. job, or it'd be a situation where, He's even the number two. I I think that this team would be making a mistake if they just automatically elevate him to number two. Remember, Kyle Trask takes a while to learn the system. That was the case in Florida. That's been the yeah. case here in Tampa. And now he's has to learn another system. He's not going to be in the Bruce Arian playbook anymore. So 
they, they basically hit the restart button in year three for Kyle Trask. Yeah. And I don't have high hopes for that, that draft pick working out. Um, I hope for the team's sake, it does. Kyle's a good guy. I hope he, he ends up panning out, but man, I, I have not seen any pulse from this guy in terms of being a legitimate breathe, living, breathing starting quarterback in the league. No, he hasn't. That's why, again, like will Blaine Gabbard be back? That's something that like we're going to have to monitor as well. Um, it, this whole time, it, it's a domino effect. It's offensive coordinator and Brady. You can pretty much put that at the at the same level. And then again, kind of a chicken chicken in the egg situation. Who, who's going to blink first? That's <laughs> is right. it Brady making a decision? Is it the offensive coordinator that then uh, is the reason that Brady comes back? It's it's really tough to map out your future plans, right? If you're the Buccaneers, when you don't have an answer at the most important position, yeah. Um, you know, Gary says Trask was such a waste of draft pick. You you don't really know until you know, right? And there, there was people, there were people that they were very anti Kyle Trask mm -hmm. from day one. Those were yeah. probably Seminole fans, and even <laughs> even some Florida fans that I that I know that weren't really high on this pick. Uh, but it, it I understood why they did it at the time. And, and in theory, you have a quarterback that could learn behind Tom Brady for a couple of years. It just hasn't worked out yet. And, and again, you're going to have Kyle Trask now entering his second system in year three. And I hope this team brings in another veteran player to challenge him for the backup job and not just hand it to him because I don't even think he's ready to be a number two at this point in time. Blaine Gabbert played better in the preseason and training camp Remember, there was no Tom Brady for 10 days. Kyle yeah. Trask got a lot of reps. He had every opportunity. He really did. You know, there was like he didn't beat out Blaine. To still have Tom Brady, but then still be able to get all the reps, there was never going to be a better opportunity for Kyle Trask and just didn't take advantage of it. I see Eater saying Mariota, anyone? I'm a, I'm okay there. I'm okay yeah. there. You don't need to have both, you know, top two picks from that year's draft class with Jameis and then Marcus Mariota yeah. both playing for the Bucs. Uh I think if you want to go like a Derek Carr route, if if the Raiders were to release him, yeah, I I would be fine with that. I wouldn't want to trade for with him, Tampa no. Bay. No, absolutely, yeah. If you're trading for anyone, it's it's a a rookie in this right. year's draft class. I, I don't think trading for any type of veteran, unless Aaron Rodgers was like, hey, I want to I want to follow in Tom Brady's footsteps, which I don't think don't Aaron Rodgers wants, wants to do that, that yeah. at all. Right. Uh, that would be the, really the only one I, I would consider for the box. But Louis, yeah, it would either be a rookie or, you know, just starting over. Again. Louis Flash says Gabs would be back to save the Bay. I love that. Uh, a hero was really what Blaine Gabbert was. Um, didn't get a chance to show that her, those heroics on the field much. Uh, and I don't think I don't think Gabbert's going to be back. I, I they like Blaine a lot as a person. And and if Tom comes back for one year, I think Blaine comes back. To be the backup just because tom likes well, blake but exa that's exactly yeah. what i was going to say it's like they just want to make tom happy you know that's right. uh that's the reason leonard fournette is back that's the reason antonio brown came back for a second season yeah. before it really you know kind of exploded so uh whatever will make tom happy the bucks will do and i know what makes me happy is uh you know when i make some picks over on underdog fantasy and i end up winning on those picks and no, there's only one more NFL game that you can do this year, and that's the Super Bowl. Very excited for the Super Bowl. Right, there's not even a Pro Bowl anymore. There's not even a Pro Bowl anymore. Uh, but you can make some underdog fantasy picks on the Super Bowl. And they have other sports as well that you can bet on. Uh, hockey right now, the NBA right now as well. 
baseball when they get back in into season in a couple months, and then also golf and the UFC. So a, a variety of options, and it's the easiest way to get some action on all your favorite sports. And that's with Underdog Fantasy and their Pick'em game, their Rivals game is a lot of fun as well. You just pick an over or under on your favorite or least favorite player stats, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. You pick between two and five players to fill out your pick'em slip, get every pick right, and take home some cold, hard cash. Use the promo code PEWTER, that's P-E-W-T-E-R, and get your first deposit doubled up to $100 by Underdog Fantasy. Even if you learn from Plant City Math, you know that that is a heck of a deal. So once again, double your first deposit up to $100 with Underdog Fantasy. Use the promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R. That's yeah. Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy. It's, that's good stuff. Um, we, we've got some some good stuff tomorrow. We'll have uh, some some live football to watch. Yes. Uh, we're going to watch the, the practices over at uh, Hancock-Whitney Stadium which is where the South Alabama Jaguars play. And we'll have another uh, podcast for you tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Um, we're ironing out some audio issues. Sorry for any of those difficulties tonight. I think we have it situated now to where we have better audio. So Yeah, appreciate you guys bearing through with us. Make sure you yeah. follow us on all of our social media. Uh, we're going to be putting up a bunch of clips and highlights from the practices today. So if there's a player specifically that – you're really interested to watch and yep. they make a big play. We're going to have it on our, on our Twitter, on our Instagram, YouTube, our TikTok. We're going to have it all over the place. So uh, make sure you are covering, uh, well, we're covering pewterreport.com and the Buccaneers, but make sure you're, you're following us on all of our social media handles. And of course our YouTube channel, Pewter Report TV. We'd really appreciate that and uh, help us get those numbers up. Over 10,100. So thank you, Pewter people. We love you guys very much. And we appreciate everyone tuning in tonight. Appreciate you guys helping us out with roll call. Too. It's always fun. Where, where, where do we have people from tonight, Matt? What was the, we had, the exotic uh, locales? Saw some Canada in there. Saw okay. some California. Um, yeah, th those were the ones that, that really stood out. But yeah, good representation as well. Uh, saw Kansas in there. Yeah, so. Topeka. So, and yeah, some home Golden state. Park, yeah. yeah, some home state. Cool. Representation for you. So, yep. Well, once again, appreciate everybody participating. So, for Scott, I'm Matt saying thanks everybody for watching, and we will see you tomorrow for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out. Out. <laughs>